Yeah, because um, it was right by um, like right now it's like a plaza of like stop and shop, and like there's a gas station. With it. I don't know where was the McDonald's. I don't know. I might well, know the back back when I was a kid. There was a McDonald's and tumbleweed. That was oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That horse-drawn carriages and you know shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is awesome. Well, thanks again, Tom. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Everyone, Tom Bergeron, the legend himself, is on our podcast. I'm super hyped right now. Uh, Former host of America's Funniest Videos and current host for Dancing with the Stars, Tom, welcome, man, and thanks for joining. Thanks so much. And and I don't want to blow my own horn too much, but recently uh, I was on The Masked Singer dressed as a taco. So oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we can't forget about that. We can't forget about that. Um, so, Tom, maybe uh, just talk about your childhood and maybe how you got into uh, the broadcasting field. Sure. I uh, grew up uh, not far from uh, the New Hampshire border, right right across the New Hampshire border in Haverhill, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, and started in radio while I was in high school because I had a teacher at Haverhill High who taught English and public speaking. And he was also a part-time newsman at the local radio station. Mm. And I weaseled my way into his course and brown nosed my way into his affections. And he introduced me to the station manager. And I got a job working in radio while I was still in high school. So that really uh, started the, the, the whole uh, hostage note uh, kind of look at my career. <laughs> uh, you know, sort of, uh, it only looks logical in hindsight. Uh, <laughs> But uh, and then did radio in New Hampshire. Uh, probably one of the more pivotal pivotal times in my career was uh, in Portsmouth mm. in the early eighties. Yeah, no, that's that's funny too. Because so right now I'm I'm the current DJ at uh, WUNH. Uh, so I, it's very very uh, similar, right right on the seacoast area, New Hampshire as well. Um, so maybe you you played comedy records along with you know music and offbeat interviews. Um, and then that ultimately transitioned into, you know, your popularity uh, on TV as well. Maybe talk about like, you know, how, how are you able to balance, you know, broadcasting with, you know, that's with the social life at a young age. It seemed like a really uh, full time commitment. Yeah, well, you know, I had I had no other marketable skills. So so that was helpful. Uh, but also, uh, UNH has a particular place in my heart and history because that's where I met my wife. Really? She was, yeah, she was a producer-director at New Hampshire Public TV, which at that time, the studios are near, are sort of near the campus or part of the campus, but they right. were right in the MUB. Uh, so they were on the bottom floor of the MUB. Wow. The yeah. Wow. So, so I, uh, my radio show uh, broadcast from the stage of the New Hampshire Public TV auction. And I and I uh, eyed this uh, this sort of uh, sexy producer director type. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we yeah, so we got married about a year later. Wow, that's in, that's yeah. incredible. So when was yeah. I'm just curious? When was the last time have you guys visited like you know the UNH area or like when, when was the last time you came back like locally? Oh, and visited? We're, we're, as a matter of fact, if it wasn't for the coronavirus, I'd be there now. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm in California right now, but uh, I I. I had marked on my calendar. This shows you how much of an addict I am. <laughs> April eighth is when the old uh, when the ferry landing in Portsmouth opens, Ooh. and you can get a Jimmy Juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna have to wait on that. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Hey, come through the uh, WH radio station, man. <laughs> come through. Yeah. When you visit, I'll be like, hey, my, my friend Tom. <laughs> Everyone will be hyped. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, what, you know, what advice would you have for someone, you know, pursuing a career in the broadcasting field, you know? Right now, it's, you know, it's super competitive. You know, everyone's trying to, you know, get on TV. You know, what, what you know, what advice do you have for someone uh, trying to pursue a career in that field? The, the key thing I would say, and it, it certainly was, it still is how I regard my life and career, is you can obsess about competing against the, uh, the unnamed, unseen masses out there. Mm. But I don't think that's productive, ultimately. I, I've always competed against myself, mm. against what I believe to be my best self at work or in relationships, etc. Um, and, and that seems to be the way to go. I, the fact that I've been successful to a degree was almost a byproduct of that. It wasn't a goal. It wasn't, you know, I, I was doing stuff that I loved. It, the, the radio station in Portsmouth, uh, H-E-B, where I worked in the early 80s, the show you described accurately was very improvisational. I had the good fortune of having management that gave me a lot of rope. Mm. But I was doing something that I loved to do and doing something that entertained me. Mm. Um, and if it, if it had the added benefit of being successful or, or propelling my career to another stage, right. that was the gravy, but it was never the goal. So I think I think that helps. I think it helps to kind of look to yourself and say, okay, what do I believe is the best I can do right now, and then endeavor to do that, and and uh, and just trust that when you're putting that kind of energy out, mm. it comes back to you. Mm. Wow, I mean that's you know that's incredible. Um, that would be $75 for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll Venmo. You got Venmo? Uh, That's good. Um, so, I, you know, I, I was just curious. So, like, in terms of, you know, you talked about, you know, trying to find that passion, um, and, you know, and you said you, you loved doing it right away. You, you fell in love with, you know, comedy or, or um, highlighting, you know, uh, like popularity as well, like the celebrity field. Um you know, how do you, how did you search that passion? Like, how did you know that was what you wanted to do? Like in terms of like focusing that particular, uh, aspect within broadcasting, cause it's very specific. Yeah. Well, the answer may surprise you. There, there wasn't real focus. I mean, mm. it, I, I was almost like the dog and up going squirrel <laughs> uh, because whenever a new opportunity would come along, even if it wasn't something that I had planned for or expected, right. I usually said yes to it. I mean, that's the, the first rule of good improv is you say yes and. Mm. And for example, I'm doing a radio show in New Hampshire. I suddenly get a call from uh, New Hampshire Public TV mm. asking if I'd be interested in hosting a, a magazine show. Mm. Sure, why not? Hadn't planned on being in television, but right. why not? Right. Then people who listened to my radio show in New Hampshire worked in Boston television. WBZ. And, uh, WBZ, right? You, you, yeah, yeah, BZ and CBB mm. initially. Uh, I got an audition there that I, I didn't get the gig, but that producer talked to a producer friend at WBZ, mm. and they called. So you never know. My, I mean, that wasn't part of the plan. I, I didn't intend to end up in television. I thought my life would be in radio and theater. Mm. Um, so it, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You, if, if you, if you put your best energy out, 
unexpected things happen. And if you're open to them, and, you know, when, for example, more recently, when a friend of mine who produces The Masked Singer said, you want to dress up as a taco and sing a Sinatra tune, <laughs> trust me, hadn't planned that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, and, and we're you know you you were in the mass singer, of course, and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Bring bring that back up, um, but you, I also want to talk about America's Home Funniest Videos. Um, you know, how, you know that was you know a huge gig. Um, how are you able to to land that? I mean, that's incredible. Uh, and it, it, we're going to keep revisiting some of the basic ideas here because mm. I was I was hosting the New England Emmy Awards. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't televised. It mm. was, uh, I flew back uh, to do it because I was reconnecting with friends, etc. Doing it like I tend to do things, ad-libbing my way through, yada, yada. Being honored that night mm. at the New England Emmys was Vin DeBona, who is also an alum of WBC uh, and, and television in, in New England. But more notably is the creator and producer of America's Funniest Videos. So he's being honored that night. I'm up there at living my way through it. His late mother leaned over to him and said, you should hire him. Wow. Because the ABC was going to bring back uh, AFE uh, that summer. I think it was 2001. Right. And it had been specials at that point. Bob had done it for eight years. Uh, Daisy Fuentes, John Fugelsang did it for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Then it became a series of specials for mm -hmm. a couple of years. And so I was offered the job during that event mm. uh, in Boston at the New England Emmys. Wow. And, and uh, apart from some of the deal points, we agreed to it that night. And mm. I spent uh, the next 15 years uh, introducing pinata mishaps and crotches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just got to tell you, that was our favorite show growing up. Like, it was, God, I remember every Sunday, uh, me my whole family, we would, like, gather around and we watch you know, America's Funniest Videos, and we would just laugh our asses off, like, the entire yeah. time. It was just so much fun, so. And it's still going strong. It you know, is. When I decided to leave after the 25th season, which was yeah. my 15th year, uh, you know, Alfonso had just won uh, Dancing with the Stars, and he seemed like the perfect mm. person to pass the pinata stick yeah. on to, and, yeah. and it's still going strong. It, it's not the same, though, man. I'm just going to oh, say that. It's, it's not the same, but without you, but... <laughs> It's still it's still good. Um, yeah. So you know, maybe talk about your relationship with Alfonso today. Do you still stay in touch with him? Do you still oh, talk yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, if you go online, you can see some pictures that uh, Bob and Alfonso and I did a photo shoot together for the 30th anniversary of AFE, mm. and there was a documentary last December on ABC about it. But we had a we had a wonderful time, and 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 Bob and I have been friends for years. He in fact showed up on my last show to help kind of wrap up my tenure. Right. Uh, and then uh, he, had, he, they, he knew Alfonso, you know, a bit, but the three of us clicked like we were old buddies and mm. uh, we had a wonderful time together. But I, I do, uh, Alfonso will still come to uh, AF, I mean, to Dancing with the Stars and hang out and right, yeah. he's a former champion. So yeah, we're yeah. all Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, maybe, you know, talk about like the preparation process. Um, before going on air, you know, maybe something that the audience doesn't see, you know, what, what's the, what's, what's it like before that? Well, the, uh, er, the early years when I did it, uh, when my girls were growing up, 
they would send me a DVD. I'd be in Connecticut, and, and I'd get a DVD in the mail mm. uh, from the office. Uh, those would be the videos that I would then be doing voiceovers for in, in the next week. And uh, and we would, you know, make popcorn, and I'd have one daughter on either side of me would watch <laughs> the videos yeah. with, without my voiceover or anything. And one of my daughters said, you know, this is my favorite part. And I said, but you realize... I'm not involved in this at all at this point. And she said, I know. <laughs> so then when I flew out to L.A., I would, or sometimes I'd be in Connecticut at a, at a recording studio doing the voiceovers there via uh, hookup and uh, do the voiceover session. Then the day of the taping, uh, I'd be in L.A., obviously, or Manhattan Beach, and we'd shoot a couple shows in mm. a day. And uh, at that point, it's just, uh, you know, it's just kind of roll the tapes, have yeah. fun with the audience, and, yeah. uh, and put it put it in the, on the shelf. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like you could just, you know, you mentioned, like, ad-libs um, earlier. It sounds like you can kind of just roll with the punches and just, you know, almost like improv, as you mentioned earlier as well. Like, you, you don't have to, like, you, you know, you, you just have that natural ability to do that. You know, some people, like, don't, you know, don't have that ability you know you just can naturally do that like roll with the punches and just Thanks. go on air yeah dancing with the stars is actually more improv than than afe okay. afe would be a bit more scripted because we were setting up specific videos that type of thing if you saw me with the audience or or when we would do the little games with the audience mm. at the midpoint of the show that was all that okay um wow. uh, it, but but with the unique challenge on afe uh, was that not every video that we played on the stage made it to the final cut of the broadcast. So mm -hmm. I was a little bit hindered in terms of referring back to a video if it was then decided, well, it didn't play as well as we hoped, so mm -hmm. we're going to cut that one. Mm -hmm. So if that happens and then I've referred to it on camera, it doesn't make any sense anymore because I'm mm -hmm. referring to something that you at home, you're not seeing. Right. So I had to be a bit more generic uh, coming out of the videos that I normally would have done for if it were a live show, for example. Mm. Wow. So, so you had input on like what videos to cut out. Was it all dependent? No, not really. No, yeah. that was that. That's Vin's call. Oh, yeah. um, uh, so you know, I would I, in the in the early stage. There, there were only a couple points I think in the in the entire fifteen years I did the show where I took issue with the video i thought you know maybe it, it it wasn't something we wanted little kids emulating at home yeah, or whatever yeah. but uh, but that was really the exception they have a pretty good handle on mm. how to put that show together yeah no i just didn't know if it was all dependent on uh the audience reactions toward the videos or if it was yeah. more so yeah, personal to so in okay. the studio yeah the studio reaction would uh often dictate whether the Okay. Wow. That's, that's awesome, man. So, I mean, you, you touched upon it, of course, uh, you know, in 2005, you also began hosting Dancing with the Stars, uh, you know, which is like the most popular show on television. Um, maybe describe like the difference between AFV and, and you know, Dancing with the Stars and, and how you balance that. The key difference is the fact that Dancing with the Stars is live. Mm. And, and to that point, it plays to my preference. I mean, I, I love going out there and knowing there's no second take. That you've 
got to kind of roll with whatever happens. Mm. Uh, if somebody passes out next to you, you've got to kind of deal with it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, uh, from a performance standpoint, has always been a little bit more fun for me to do live television. And plus, it's a, it's a unique uh, hybrid of, of old-style variety shows with modern reality shows, which I, I kind of like. Mm. Um, that's the key difference, really. And, and also, one joke I'd, I'd make uh, in previous interviews was that when there's a rap party at Dancing with the Stars, it's a whole bunch of us. When yeah. it's a rap party at AFV, it was me in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's classic. I love it. I mean, did you ha did you have like a preference in terms of AFV or Dancing with the Stars? Like what, what time period you, you, you love and enjoy hosting? Like you said, you know, live is more of your preference. Um, but, you know in terms of like the, you know, the people you worked with, other aspects that came into it. Um, did do, do you, it sounds like you enjoyed doing Dancing with the Stars in more so AFV or? AFV, um, look, I enjoyed both of them. And, yeah. And they're great people on both shows. I just think that the whole dancing experience for me, because it, it blew up in a way that we never could have expected. I mean, there's nothing logical about the level of success that we've had with Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. If you if you go back to 2005 and and put it as a TV guide uh, one-liner, uh, watch celebrities ballroom dance, it'd be like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah I definitely. I, I got other stuff. <laughs> But so so it surprised all of us that right. it became as popular and as long lasting as it has been. So so being on the ground floor of something like that, mm. particularly a live television show, uh, is a very special uh, experience. Uh, one of my I have to say my favorite television experience, which trumps even pardon the, the, the use of that word, but uh, which uh, is is bigger than Dancing with the Stars, AFE, or anything else, was a show I did. For FX years ago, mm. when FX first launched in 94, we did a live morning show called Breakfast Time. Mm. And that, and you can find video compilations of it on YouTube, mm. uh, that still is my favorite experience on mm. television. Yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome. I, I read something a little bit about that. So, so in terms of... Uh, Breakfast time. I don't know too much about it, so forgive, forgive me. That's um, okay. But you know, maybe talk about like what what was that like? What was that on air preference like? That was like televised radio. Okay. It was, uh, it was based on the Big Breakfast, which is a morning show in England, mm. and it was a live two and a half hour show in a loft apartment in the Flatiron District of New York, mm. made especially for television. Uh, Sixty five hundred square foot apartment. It was just remarkable. Handheld cameras. Uh, we we had road warriors all over the country reporting live from different locations. Um, you know, an example would be uh, Jackie Chan right. was on the show. Wow. And he, he and I, because he used to do all of his own stunts, may still, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we went running through the apartment together, jumping over furniture and stuff, you know, just doing all kinds of and and uh and then he sang an elvis ballad uh by the piano and his brother who was his manager what? told one of our segment producers he said you know jackie has six albums but you don't want the first three 
<laughs> Wait, so that's so crazy. Wait, so he was he was saying, and I gotta look yeah. this up. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So, what was he like as a person? Was he just a nice, charming? Really? Charming. And that's the thing. It was a very disarming environment. The FX apartment. People would come in and end up staying. Uh, they they their publicists would go crazy because they were supposed to be there for just ten minutes, mm. and they wanted to stay for an hour or the hour and a half. Um, Bob Barker, back in the days when he was doing. The Price is Right, had just done a, uh, a cameo in uh, in the Adam Sandler movie, Happy Gilmore. Mm. And so I asked him before we went on the air, I said, we had had a water main burst on 212 and 5th, the corner of where we were. Mm. And there was there were people out there fixing it for like a week and a half. So I said, Bob, would you be willing to go out and do Hard Hat Price is Right with all of these guys working on yeah. the water yeah. main burst? So he did. He improvised. They got our staff got a bunch of things like jackhammers, hard hats, assignments, and we did improv. Uh, hard hat prices right live oh, on, wow. the, on Fifth Avenue. That's <laughs> that's yeah. so, that sounds so fun. I mean, that's so yeah, awesome. Um, in, in terms of you know, I mean, you've had so many different experiences, uh, you know, th- throughout your career, and you know, a tremendous career, of course. Um, you know, maybe with within Dancing with the Stars, uh, you know, where. Where were you when you received that news that they wanted you to be their new host? My agent at the time called me, Mm. and this would have been, I think, spring of 2005, and said, ABC is doing a summer show, uh, and they want you to do it. I said, oh, okay, what is it? She said, it's live. You love live. I said, yeah. What is it? She said, it's a big hit in England. I said, fine, what is it? She goes, goes, before you answer, you have to look at it. They're going to send you a a DVD of the show in England. Then answer. I said, well, that's fair. But now that I've agreed to that, can you tell me what it is? And she said, it's a celebrity ballroom show. I said, oh, for Christ's sake. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah. And then, then I got the DVD the next day, and I have to be honest with you, 10 minutes in, I thought this could be fun, mm. because it had a sense of humor about itself, you know, it, I mean, if you've ever watched the show, I yeah. make fun of everything except yeah. the dancers, Yeah, I make fun of the spray tans <laughs> and the crazy little yeah. trophy and yeah. the judges and and all that, so so I, I had the feeling that at the very least, it would be a fun experience for six weeks in the summer. Mm. But I don't think any of us expected that it would take off the way it did. No, and it absolutely has. I mean, it's it's yeah. incredible. Um, did you feel, because at the same time, you were still, uh, you know, running shows through America's Funniest Videos as well. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel overwhelmed, like, balancing? Oh, no. No? No? No. No, no I, no. It, it, to be honest, it, hosting's a pretty cushy gig. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Because AFV, all the hard work is being done by the staff. You know, I go in and do the voiceovers. I'd rewrite a little bit occasionally. Um, but, you know, I'd go in on a day and knock off two shows. Mm. Then, say that was a Saturday. Then on Monday, I'd show up at uh, the Dancing with the Stars studio. We, at that point, we did Monday and Tuesday shows live. Mm. We would tape AFE maybe once every couple weeks. Mm. So it was, a, you know, even even when I was juggling both shows, when dancing had two seasons a year... Um, it was it was a pretty cushy schedule to be honest. With you. Mm, yeah, no, I mean, I still feel like you know it's a lot of hard work. You know, in terms of like, you know, you're like I could never be on live television and just like roll with the punches like that. Like I feel like I'd be frozen on stage. 
and you know, I feel like there's other things that um, that are extremely difficult. Um, but so well, yeah. I can tell you that every time contract negotiations were coming around, then I then I made it sound like it was really tough. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bring bring you back on America's funniest videos <laughs> for sure. Um, Maybe you know. So you so you also co-host with uh with Aaron Andrews uh, on yes. Dancing with the Stars, or you know what 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 is it like working with her? You know she's in the sports industry, uh, well-known figure. What what's what's she like? She's she's been a, a, a dear friend for years. Is we make each other laugh a lot. Uh, I think the best uh, the best Aaron story I can tell you there was about five or so years ago. My dad passed away. Mm. Um, you know that that's incredible. I mean, that the fact that you were even able to continue to, um, <clears throat> you know, go on air and still work through, you know, that really difficult time is is incredible. And you know, you know, prayers to your family as well. Um, but you know that, yeah. I mean, it, it's so funny because Aaron Andrews, you know, I always, you know, see her as like the NFL and, and through sports and stuff. And it's so funny that she's. You know that your careers cross paths, and, and you guys are working together, and uh, she, you guys are really good friends. So that's really cool. Um, so maybe you know, I, I know it, only a couple more questions. I'm sorry if it's uh, keeping your time. I don't know what your time time is like right now. I'm housebound, like the rest. Of <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, same. Join the party. It's a virtual party <laughs> over here. Um, maybe de- describe the challenges of you know. Uh, more of these challenges of working on these shows that the audience doesn't see. Um, you talked about it a little bit earlier with America's Funniest Videos. What about Dancing with the Stars? I know it's, you know, on live um, compared to, you know, previous recordings through AFV. Maybe talk about the challenges that uh, the audience doesn't see. Well, the, the challenges really, for me, are minimal. Uh, for the, the celebrities who come in and decide to come out of their comfort zone and and uh, dance on live television, that those those are the challenges I think. Um, and what I've always endeavored to do, particularly in the early weeks during our dress rehearsals, which are famously the R-rated version of the mm. actual yeah. show, yeah. is to is to relax the contestants as much as possible mm. by either breaking them up or you know whatever so i you know i have to be honest i i could i could make it sound like my role is difficult mm. 
but it isn't. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's more difficult than you're putting it. I mean, like oh, I said, I I feel like I'd be a clown. Like if I was like out live, like I'd be freaking out. Like roll, I could not like roll with the punches like that. Like I don't well, know. I gotta tell you, in the, in the course of fifteen years, I've I've put my foot squarely in my mouth a few times. So right. you know, it's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not without its mishaps, but. But generally, I feel like my role is to kind of make the, the celebrities to the extent that mm. I can feel comfortable and then just keep the show moving and mm. keep it, you know, if something awkward is happening, try to disarm that. If, uh, if something really funny is happening, just let that breathe a little bit. Right. Um, so it's, it's like being sort of a, a, a host slash conductor of an orchestra. Right, you know? yeah. You know, that's, that's also interesting because, like, how does the show, you know, reach out to, you know, the celebrities, you know, do, do this, you know, if they're so nervous, you know, about dancing on television, you know, what convinces them to do that? What convinces them to get outside that comfort zone? Well, I, I can speak from my recent experience dressing up as a singing taco. <laughs> it's right. It's, it's <laughs> just, you know, it's just, I think, uh, fun to challenge yourself. It's fun to scare yourself every so often. Mm. And, uh, and and see if you can pull off something that is out of your comfort zone and that might be an unexpected opportunity. So I, I think a lot of that... Uh, and look, there, there are people who are very candid about the fact that that show, Dancing with the Stars, has given their careers a, boot, a mm. boost. And, uh, you know, some people who you, you may have gone, oh, I, we're, I haven't seen them in a number of years. They show up on Dancing with the Stars and, and uh, their visibility has increased and, mm. and uh, their career is given a little bit more gas. Mm. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, there are all kinds of reasons to do it. I think the, the chief reason is it's just fun. It's mm. fun to scare yourself yeah. every so often. Yeah. It's like an adrenaline rush. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so talk about an adrenaline rush with, you know, the mass Singer, you dressed up as a taco. Um, what what made you, you know, how, how did that come into play? I mean, what made you say, I'm doing this, I'm going to dress up as a taco, I'm going on the mass Singer. I mean, that, that what made, what, how did that happen? How did that? I, I had done a, I, I did a song on a tribute album. Of, uh, for Mr. Rogers, he wrote all the songs on his his show over the years, and uh, I, so I did a song on on that along with Vanessa Williams and Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife, and mm. Mickey Dolenz of the Monkees, and all mm. these other people. And uh, one of the producers of uh, Mass Singer, who used to be my producer on Dancing with the Stars, heard that song. She called me. She said, "Tom, this might be crazy, <laughs> but we only have one spot open in Group B." Would you ever consider doing I said, sure, why not? She said, no, we only have two costumes left. A taco and a jellyfish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, That's so, yeah, you got to go to the taco. You got to go with the taco. Taco's the no-brainer. You got to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be listening to something singing at you that could also sting you. Right. Yeah, no. literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I, so it really was just. Uh, my, my friend asked me, I knew, because they shoot Mass Singer on the exact same soundstage mm. where we do Dancing with the Stars. So I knew that a lot of those people would be people I had worked with years ago. Right. And if I could fool them, because only a very select few knew it was me, mm. that would be just fun. Yeah. And, and in fact, if you go to my, my Twitter page, mm. 
you can see by the the photo of me without the tomato head on. Yeah. With the rest, with <laughs> yeah. The rest of the taco. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Those are all uh, alums of Dancing with the Stars, either the production crew or uh, behind the scenes folks, and, and it, who I fooled. Yeah. Only the people directly, like the Alex, I think, is standing to my right. Right. He was the director. He had no idea it was me. So, yeah, I mean, the show started last year. I mean, what do you think of, uh, what do you think the future for the show moving forward? Can we see another appearance possibly from you? Could you? No, I don't think so. Ah. Uh, I, no, uh, but, but I think, and I've said this, my only cautionary note for that show is the same as I would offer for any show that's wildly successful. Sometimes networks overschedule things. Mm. They did that even with dancing. One season, where our premiere was three nights in a row. Wow! And my parents were alive then, and they said to me, "Honey, we love you, but that's a lot." Yeah, yeah. no, it is. It is. Yeah. So you got to be careful to uh, enjoy the success from a network standpoint, mm. but not schedule it to the point that people get tired of it too quickly. Mm. So that would be the only cautionary note I would make that yeah. in order to give it. Uh, you know, even American Idol took a, a year off and swapped networks. Mm. It came over to ABC, mm. you know, and, and just a little bit of a rest was uh, all it needed. I think. Yeah, no. Um, Tom, last question. What do you what do you ultimately want to be remembered for within your career? What do you want your legacy to be? Not dying. <laughs> yeah, and just... Yeah, I want to be the guy that just... Is he still around? He's still around. Yeah. There, what's the, 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 the classic Woody Allen line is... Uh, I don't want to live on in people's memories. I want to live on in my apartment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and, you know, just keep the humor going. And, and you're doing a great job with that. And I, I love it, man. I'll never, I'll still never forget our whole family watching America's Funniest Videos. I don't think still to this day we haven't laughed as hard as we did as a family um, when you were hosting it. So thank you so much, man, for, for coming oh, on to you. the show. I, I really appreciate it. Tom Bergeron, everybody. And, uh, you know, I, I wish you the best during this uh, pretty crazy time. And uh, keep rolling with the punches. Hopefully I see you soon as a taco again, maybe. Maybe next time you come and FaceTime us, surprise us with a, with a taco or a tomato head or something, some sort. But thank you well, so I, much, I, Tom. Appreciate it. I hope, I hope this all uh, gets rectified and I can show up in New Hampshire in person again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, you always, you always are welcome to come through WNH. I'll say bring in Tom and have him on our show and be ready to go. So the mob would love to see you, man. So. All appreciate right. it. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate you it. Bet. And Take care. wish you the best. Thank you. You bet. Take care of yourself. Thanks. From the sweet life of Zach and Cody and the sweet life on Drake Bell here. It's your girl Camille Costek. Shuma Gavin in the house. Shoe nice again. Lay Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is CeeLo Green. The follow at Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. If you Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love.